Chapter fifty eight of the Man in the Iron Mask by Alexandre Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Planchet's Inventory Athos, during the visit made to the Luxembourg by Raoul, had gone to Planchet's residence to inquire after D'Artagnan. The Comte, on arriving at the Rue des Lombards, found the shop of the grocer in great confusion but it was not the encumberment of a lucky sale or that of an arrival of goods planchet was not enthroned as usual on saxon barrels no a young man with a pen behind his ear and another with an account book in his hand were setting down a number of figures whilst the third counted and weighed an inventory was being taken athos who had no knowledge of commercial matters felt himself a little embarrassed by material obstacles and the majesty of those who were thus employed. He saw several customers sent away, and asked himself whether he, who came to buy nothing, would not be more properly deemed importunate. He therefore asked very politely if he could see Monsieur Planchet. The reply, quite carelessly given, was that Monsieur Planchet was packing his trunks. These words surprised Athos. "'What? His trunks?' said he is monsieur planchet going away yes monsieur directly then if you please inform him that monsieur le comte de la fere desires to speak to him for a moment at the mention of the comte's name one of the young men no doubt accustomed to hear it pronounced with respect immediately went to inform planchet it was at this moment that raoul after his painful scene with montalais and de guiche arrived at the grocer's house planchet left his job directly he received the comte's message ah monsieur le comte exclaimed he how glad i am to see you what good star brings you here my dear planchet said athos pressing the hand of his son whose sad look he silently observed we are come to learn of you but in what confusion do i find you you are as white as a miller where have you been rummaging ah diable take care monsieur don't come near me till i have well shaken myself what for flour or dust only whiten no no what you see on my arms is arsenic arsenic yes i am taking my precautions against rats Aye. I suppose in an establishment like this rats play a conspicuous part it is not with this establishment i concern myself monsieur le comte the rats have robbed me of more here than they will ever rob me of again what do you mean why you may have observed monsieur my inventory is being taken are you leaving trade then eh mon dieu yes i have disposed of my business to one of my young men ah you are rich then i suppose monsieur i have taken a dislike to the city i don't know whether it is because i am growing old and as monsieur d'artagnan one day said when we grow old we more often think of the adventures of our youth but for some time past i have felt myself attracted toward the country and gardening i was a country man formerly 
and planchet marked this confession with a rather pretentious laugh for a man making profession of humility athos made a gesture of approval and then added you are going to buy an estate then i have bought one monsieur ah that is still better a little house at fontainebleau with something like twenty acres of land round it very well planchet accept my compliments on your acquisition but monsieur we are not comfortable here the cursed dust makes you cough corbleu i do not wish to poison the most worthy gentleman in the kingdom athos did not smile at this little pleasantry which planchet had aimed at him in order to try his strength in mundane facetiousness yes said athos let us have a little talk by ourselves in your own room for example you have a room have you not certainly monsieur le comte upstairs perhaps and athos seeing planchet a little embarrassed wished to relieve him by going first it is but said planchet hesitating athos was mistaken in the cause of this hesitation and attributing it to a fear the grocer might have of offering humble hospitality never mind never mind said he still going up the dwelling of a tradesman in this quarter is not expected to be a palace come on raoul nimbly preceded him and entered first two cries were heard simultaneously we may say three one of these cries dominated the others it emanated from a woman another proceeded from the mouth of raoul it was an exclamation of surprise he had no sooner uttered it than he shut the door sharply the third was from fright it came from planchet i ask your pardon added he madame is dressing raoul had no doubt seen that what planchet said was true for he turned round to go downstairs again madame said athos oh pardon me planchet i did not know that you had upstairs it is truchen added planchet blushing a little it is whoever you please my good planchet but pardon my rudeness no no go up now gentlemen we will do no such thing said athos oh madame having noticed has had time no planchet farewell eh, gentlemen you would not disoblige me by thus standing on the staircase or by going away without having sat down if we had known you had a lady upstairs replied athos with his customary coolness we would have asked permission to pay our respects to her planchet was so disconcerted by this little extravagance that he forced the passage and himself opened the door to admit the comte and his son truchen was quite dressed in the costume of the shopkeeper's wife rich yet coquettish german eyes attacking french eyes she left the apartment after two courtesies and went down into the shop but not without having listened at the door to know what planchet's gentlemen visitors would say of her athos suspected that and therefore turned the conversation accordingly planchet on his part was burning to give explanations which athos avoided but as certain tenacities are stronger than others 
Athos was forced to hear Planchet recite his idols of felicity, translated into a language more chaste than that of Longus. So Planchet related how Truchen had charmed the years of his advancing age and brought good luck to his business as Ruth did to Boaz. "'You want nothing now, then, but heirs to your property?' "'If I had one, he would have three hundred thousand livres,' said Planchet. Hmm. "'You must have one, then,' said Athos phlegmatically if only to prevent your little fortune being lost this word little fortune placed planchet in his rank like the voice of a sergeant when planchet was but a piqueur in the regiment of piedmont in which rochefort had placed him athos perceived that the grocer would marry truchen and in spite of fate establish a family this appeared the more evident to him when he learned that the young man to whom planchet was selling the business was her cousin having heard all that was necessary of the happy prospects of the retiring grocer. "'What is Monsieur d'Artagnan about?' said he. "'He is not at the Louvre.' "'Ah, Monsieur le Comte, Monsieur d'Artagnan has disappeared.' "'Disappeared?' said Athos in surprise. "'Ah, oh, Monsieur, we know what that means.' "'But I do not know it.' whenever monsieur d'artagnan disappears it is always for some mission or some great affair has he said anything to you about it never you were acquainted with his departure for england formerly were you not on account of the speculation said planchet heedlessly the speculation i mean interrupted planchet quite confused well well neither your affairs nor those of your master are in question the interest we take in him alone has induced me to apply to you since the captain of the musketeers is not here and as we cannot learn from you where we are likely to find monsieur d'artagnan we will take our leave of you au revoir planchet au revoir let us be gone raoul monsieur le comte i wish i were able to tell you oh not at all i am not the man to reproach a servant with discretion this word servant struck rudely on the ears of the demi-millionaire planchet but natural respect and bonhomie prevailed over pride there is nothing indiscreet in telling you monsieur le comte monsieur d'artagnan came here the other day uh-huh and remained several hours consulting a geographical chart. You are right, then, my friend. Say no more about it. And the chart is there as a proof, added Planchet, who went to fetch from the neighboring wall, where it was suspended by a twist forming a triangle with the bar of the window to which it was fastened, the plan consulted by the captain on his last visit to Planchet. This plan, which he brought to the Comte, was a map of france upon which the practised eye of that gentleman discovered an itinerary marked out with small pins wherever a pin was missing a hole denoted its having been there athos by following with his eye the pins and holes saw that d'artagnan had taken the direction of the south and gone as far as the mediterranean toward toulon it was near cannes that the marks and the punctured places ceased 
the comte de la fere puzzled his brains for some time to divine what the musketeer could be going to do at Cannes, and what motive could have led him to examine the banks of the va the reflections of athos suggested nothing his accustomed perspicacity was at fault raoul's researches were not more successful than his father's never mind said the young man to the comte who silently and with his finger had made him understand the route of d'artagnan we must confess that there is a providence always occupied in connecting our destiny with that of monsieur d'artagnan there he is on the coast of cannes and you monsieur will at least conduct me as far as toulon be assured that we shall meet with him more easily upon our route than on this map then taking leave of planchet who was scolding his shopman even the cousin of truchen his successor the gentleman set out to pay a visit to monsieur de beaufort on leaving the grocer's shop they saw a coach the future depository of the charms of mademoiselle truchen and planchet's bags of crowns every one journeys towards happiness by the route he chooses said raoul in a melancholy tone the road to fontainebleau cried planchet to his coachman end of chapter fifty eight recording by john van stan savannah georgia